0: This is Coda Radio, Episode 67, for September 16th, 2013. You're listening to Coda Radio, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show, taking a pragmatic look at the art and business of software development and related technologies. This episode's brought to you by our two fine sponsors, GoDaddy.com and Ting.com. I'll tell you more about both those sponsors as the show goes on. My name is Chris, and joining us from the East Coast is our always excellent host, Mr. Michael Dominic. Hey there, Michael.
1: Привет, comrades.
0: Ooh, I like it. I, I take it you, uh, you've you been reading the New York Times. <laughs> well, good morning to you, sir. How is it over there on the East Coast?
1: You know, it, it could be London. It's very dreary, very yeah. cold, yeah. very. <clears throat> we, uh... to be honest, I was. Uh, I had to run some errands this morning, and the fog was. And I live near the shore. The fog was just unbelievable.
0: We had a huge lightning storm. I mean, one of those where um, you couldn't count the 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 uh, between the strike and the thunder because there'd be another strike. And so I shut down the studio last night. Usually I have the stream running 24-7 and I have all the, you know, uh, um, live streams powered by the gear here in the JBH cube. I had to take everything down last night because the power was flickering like crazy and I just didn't want to take my chances. But today, it's just kind of a gray overcast day, which is kind of funny because I have a, I have a sense that our episode is going to be filled with color this episode.
1: Yeah, you know, I... If we had to pick a holiday, even though we're coming up on Halloween, I think it'd be more like an Easter-y color palette. No
0: kidding, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it is. it seems to be the new trend. It, pastels are in, Mr. Dominic. You know, it's
1: funny. I, I've been all about the white iOS devices for years, and my friends used to make fun of me. Oh, those are for women. Those are gay. Those are this. Those are that. Now, all of a sudden, everybody and their brother is... Rolling with light colors, pastels, and... Yep, yep. It's, yep.
0: it's, uh, it's sort of like a it's sort of like a brightening things up and livening it up, and uh, so we're going to... Well, gonna...
1: that's, that's, that's what my line always is. I don't want anything black. I don't want anything, like, you know, negative. I want everything positive and happy. Aww,
0: aw, aw. Um, so you're calling it the Blazing 7, so uh, this week we'll talk a little bit about uh, the iOS 7 and 64 rude. bits and the CPUs and all those kinds of things. Um, and uh, I don't know if we're going to get to the second topic of the day. We'll see. We'll see.
1: We probably won't, but I figured I'd throw it in there.
0: All right. Well, if we do, that'll be good. But I'm not going to tease it just in case we don't, because we can always save it for next week because that's a really good topic too. Like a sure, really good.
1: Could. That's it. Well, I'm, I'm 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 fresh off of this line, Oh,
0: so that's right. Well, you know what? Today. Maybe we just do a big show today.
1: I was thinking big show. Maybe, I, yeah. What does the chat room think? Big show, or should we, you know, should we just knock off right now?
0: You know, we could just wrap it up. I could just read these. I could I could just do like a couple sponsor spots and the then we could just go. We should do we do just holler? I mean, we could just. I, I, I got a new game from Steam.
1: Well, I just got Rogue Legacy on sale, so I'm good to go.
0: <laughs> oh no, actually, wait a minute. No, Shane Kufel says Big Show, and we kind of owe it to him because he's made some apps for us. So yeah, no, he, he we'll do it for Shane. Our, we'll do it for right, Shane. Only for
1: Shane. Though. Yeah, forget about you, Cheeseburg.
0: Uh, why don't we it. start with the feedback then? Uh, so uh, Clements writes in asking, "Is it isn't it? Why isn't Mr. Dominic? Why isn't basic internet security taught in schools?" Has some uh, he has some concerns about Mozilla Persona as well. So I take it you read those concerns.
1: I did. Um, He's right. It would be wonderful if they taught that in school. I just – I don't know. They should, right? Yeah, I think it's because – If you think think – So
0: I touched on this a couple episodes ago, and I think one of the problems we have with technology and one of the reasons why maybe they try to skew more towards concepts and philosophy and work ethos is because – you know, schools are just not built for th- an industry that changes not just every couple of years, but really maybe every six months. Yeah. It's security can even be every quarter, really, if you really follow it. And how, how does a school adapt to that, right? You'd almost, you'd almost have to have like a work sponsorship program where you go work with an IT professional.
1: Well, so I'm even thinking in, like, high school and middle school, when they're teaching you how to type and all of that kind of thing, they could be like, by the way, if you're making a password, you know, 10 characters mm-hmm. are better, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think there's some stuff they could do.
0: I don't know if you heard, but Apple just killed the password. <laughs> I had to for the episode. I had to. Do so you want to hear this?
1: I do not have a password on my handset. So
0: you're one of the
1: 50%. I am, because I, I – I, I, it's so annoying.
0: <laughs> so I have two handsets. One doesn't have a password, and one right. does. And I've been experimenting with Tasker on my Android phone. So when I leave my house, when I when basically when my Wi-Fi network goes away, my right. password comes on. But uh, I also yeah. really find it super annoying. And I'm a I'm a paranoid security guy. It's just like I want in. I want to get that thing. It's well, just,
1: so here's my thought process with Prism at this point. I mean, it's already all leaked.
0: I'm not even worried about that so much as yeah. like um <clears throat> you know just if I forget it somewhere and somebody just picks it up, I don't want them to get into my email and my text messages and all true. that. Yeah. So yeah. I'm more worried about my buffoonery than somebody hacksawing me. And I still can't get around to doing it. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm trying, but I don't know if the tasker thing actually works. Uh, but uh, I think, you know, you're right. They could teach good, good password skills. They could teach, um, use a different password for diff- every site. Uh, you know, these kinds of things use two factor authentication. I just don't see the schools being able to being equipped to do it though.
1: Well, I don't even think they could get to two factor all because you know, I don't even do two factor auth.
0: Right? Wow! Look at this! Look at the chat room! Look at this! They're also not putting passwords on their on their uh, phones. I thought I was going to get crap for that.
1: I think it's the more you use some, the phone, the less you want to. Yeah, I, and it's
0: isn't it yeah. also like if every function is super quick, and the one thing yeah. that you introduce, like that's the longest delay. And it's. So, so I
1: used to have a uh, uh, one of those. Uh, it was on my Android. Those where you draw the password.
0: Yeah, yeah. Connect the dots.
1: So annoying. <laughs> so I. That's when I just started taking them off. Did you ever
0: try the uh, creepy Android face detection where they scan your face and then send it up to Google's cloud servers for storage?
1: I don't think I have uh, the NSA lock screen. No. <laughs> We're on a roll today. We
0: are. Okay. All right. So uh, this one came in from the Coda Radio subreddit. The FizzBuzz drama continues, um, and it was. Uh, it's also got a little Enterprise Java f- uh, fling to it. Uh, it's uh, FizzBuzz, the Enterprise Edition. And uh, this was submitted to the uh, subreddit, the coderadio.reddit.com subreddit by Halifax. And uh, is this like actual... Okay, here he goes. Enterprise software mar- uh, marks a special high-grade class of software that makes careful use of relevant software architecture design principles to build particularly customizable and extensible solutions to real problems. This project gives an example of how popular FizzBuzz game might be might be built were it subject to high-quality standards of enterprise software. Oh, this is great.
1: <laughs> oh, it's, it's hilarious. Now, I you know... Chris, let's get a little classical here.
0: All right, I like that.
1: I feel like Pandora with this whole FizzBuzz thing.
0: Yeah, this is really something. Like every night, and and I then popped we, open the box yeah.
1: and it's just and been,
0: it yeah, yeah. I, I've been really surprised by the. Uh, it's been every week. There's still stuff that's coming in. And is this maybe why FizzBuzz has succeeded? Is there is something to this whole brain teaser thing?
1: Well, I, I, so the subreddit was just. Making a joke, right? Yeah, I know. That, it, but there's a, a lot. Of there's a lot
0: of passion around this here fizz buzz.
1: Yeah, there, there's. I, I think you're right that there is a kernel of truth in a lot of folks not being able to come out of school and actually pass the FizzBuzz test.
0: Is it that, or is it the game? Is it the game aspect of it?
1: It's not really a game. I mean, I, I guess it's kind of a, game. It's it's a. It's a
0: challenge in a sense, though, right?
1: Again, you're. Okay, depending on how you define challenge. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, it's like fifty lines of Ruby or less. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's interesting because I got an email this morning uh, from Sophie, and uh, she sent it to the general comments, so it didn't hit the Coda Radio inbox. <clears throat> but she meant to send it to the Coda Radio show. She says, "Hi Chris and Michael, my name is Sophie, and I'm in charge of communications for a small business for a small Belgian video game studio called Fishing Cactus. Uh, they say the crew there loves the show." He says uh, she goes on to say we got a project currently in development that could interest you. It's about whiteboard coding. Uh, she says, The goal of the project was to create a game that will help people grasp the essential skills of logic that programming craft requires. Uh, you're not just learning how to code. You play with its concepts. They're naming it AljoBot. A-L-G-O-Bot. She says, uh, Trust me, nice. from newbies to experts, our games will satisfy everyone around the table. She'd like to know if we want to know more in the future.
1: Well, yeah. Do we have a do we have a link or no?
0: No link or nothing. Just a tease there. So, uh, Sophie, if uh, you want to get in contact? Email us coderadiojupiterbroadcasting dot com and tell us more about it because it sounds, you know, if you combine a little gamification to it, I that's the kind of thing that would, that would probably teach me to code. Give me a little challenge because I just find the damn thing so boring. <laughs> I just find it. I just find all of the detail work and all of the specifics required to be very monotonous and unnecessary. <laughs> so. I would love to try a game that might uh, change my uh, wily ways. So thanks oh, for I sending that in. Oh, I see it now. Okay. Uh, another one from the subreddit. I love it. I love it. Uh, Clay Heartline. How do you suppose? You, you think I'm getting that one right?
1: Well, it's definitely a dude. Yeah. Remember from last time. I think it's actually just Kari, but I'm calling him Heartline. Oh, you know, he
0: deleted this from the subreddit. I don't know that. Should we read it anyway? I mean, we
1: got it, so we could read it. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So, I mean, if you picked it, he says... Uh, he wants to re- oh, good. <laughs> okay, I want to read it already.
1: Is, is there a reason he deleted it, maybe? There,
0: no, well, it says a rant about the tech media. So as soon as I read that headline, I'm like, I'm in. All right, something really interesting happened this week that opened my eyes about how most news organizations report on current tech. Oh, boy. <clears throat> Here we go. The jump from the 3GS to the 4 was what what got the media to love Apple. For the past couple of years, the iPhone upgrades have been boring and downright disappointing. The only thing I remember of the upgrade from the 4 to the 4S was Siri, and that was terrible. The jump from the S to the 5 was better, but not good enough. The media still loved Apple despite that. At the same time, Android phones were getting better and better, and some fantastic Android phones have come out, such as the HTC One and the Oppo Find 5. There were also the Samsung phones, which gained a lot of popularity and got attention in the media. I like how he doesn't say they're good ones, they just got a lot of attention. Uh, he goes on to say, At about that time Steve Jobs passed away, the media decided to start hating Apple, and that didn't stop. This week has been incredibly odd. Despite the fact that the jump from the 5 to 5s has been the biggest since the 3GS to the 4, the media hated it, mainly because it looks the same. Not only for technical reasons, not or he says, I'm sorry, not for any technical reasons. The 5c has also been hated because it didn't fulfill the Apple rumors that it would be a crappy phone, instead it's just a rebranding of the 5. It seems that there has been this back and forth of loving and hating companies instead of analyzing the products. They either hate Apple and love Android or love Apple and hate Android. I have decided to unsubscribe from all mainstream tech news and just read technical specifications of products and listen to small pack podcasts like Coda Radio. Well, we're not that small, but thank you. Um, I I really, really agree with what he's saying here. I don't know why he deleted it. That is a very insightful yeah,
1: I, post. I, I, I kind of wonder if one of the mods didn't delete it um, because it's not super dev related.
0: Mm, oh, yeah. That's it, nice. It's funny how they
1: never delete my post when I do that, though. Although mm.
0: I think that would fl- – I think because I'm a mod, it would light up if it was deleted by a mod. I think I would. I get a little. I get a little flag in here, um, but you could be. I,
1: I think you're right. Yeah, because <gasps> I think I'm a mod too.
0: So I I have noticed this as somebody who, um, you know, my relationship with Apple is such that they have been work computers in my household since the early '90s, maybe even the late '80s, because my mom was one of the first graphic artists when that became a thing. Right, and that was all done on Macs. So very early on, back when Macs were still black and white, I mean, literally, we had Photoshop one dot in my house, um, on on the Mac where everything ran off floppies. And uh, so I've been observing Apple from sort of a detached point right. of view for a very long time. And I've I've noticed this trend come and go over the years a lot over like you know quite literally the last twenty five years. Oh,
1: I I, th- I think it's very very simple though, right? It with but the tech press in particular, it's all about their whole business model is based on clicks. And right now, being negative gets you a lot of clicks.
0: Right, and if there's nothing shiny, they're disappointed because it's because, not going to generate the, the traffic.
1: Right, and it doesn't make a nice header image. Now, if the iPhone 5S had a different body, I can tell you right now, they'd be screaming at how innovative it is and how um, you know wonderful it is.
0: You could see this like uh, uh, like Arnold is pointing on the chat room. You could almost replace everything with uh, Apple and Android in there with Microsoft, Sony, Xbox, PlayStation, right? I Anything mean,
1: where there's a duopoly. I mean, even yeah. Pepsi, Coke, right? Yeah, like we, we could yeah. go all the way back. Yeah.
0: Now I actually see. I'm I subscribe to the school of thought that I think it's great that they do this sort of TikTok iteration style because um, from a consumer standpoint. There's sort of this steady course. Like, I know if I buy an iPhone five, that I'm at least got a good two years where all of my cases, all of my adapters are going to work. Everything's going to work out of the box. And you know, there's you can't say that about any Android device. And from like a investment standpoint to a consumer, that kind of stability and reliability is, I think, a feature. And I think Apple is well aware of this. I don't think it's any accident or any. I don't think it's because of any laziness that they're not. Redesigning the chassis every single time, right?
1: Well, it's, it's also you know maximizing the investment on the R and D for that case, mm, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Let's let's not be silly. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, great example. My mom is a uh, avid iPhone user. She doesn't know how to do apps or anything, but she she likes the iPhone because it's pretty. Yeah,
0: my mom loves 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 it. In fact, I got her on Android, and she's been like, Rrr.
1: Yeah, I showed her on Android, and she says I don't like this. She yeah. said well, it reminds me of my PC at work.
0: Mom Mom emails me quite
1: often. Yeah. So she's back to the iPhone 4. Uh, but now she's going to be due for a new phone. In fact, I think she already is. So she's looking at the 4S and the 5. And it's funny because all she said is, oh, good, they didn't change it on me. And then I showed her iOS 7, and she cried a little bit. Right,
0: that? yeah, that is right. the funny thing. That's the irony is um, there's a big change there. Uh, but before we don't – I want to get to that because I want oh, to yeah, I don't want to yeah. get into that yet. But back to his thing. Um, you really – I mean, great job on you. It is really – it becomes – Unfortunately, despite what we might prefer, it is absolutely incumbent on the reader to parse it. Yeah. And I, <clears throat> you know, listening to a lot of podcasts that are sort of done out of the California area, um, there is an absolute and total and complete echo chamber.
1: And then Chris, the, name five, and then name another five, another f- and what? then square the, the number five.
0: <laughs> you know what the other thing is? The other problem is a lot of these tech reporters don't live the lifestyle of the average person. Right? right, and and their use cases for phones are dramatically different, and so that also, even though they are, even though they all acknowledge it, and often will, will espouse about how average users need this and how they know what average users want, and they will go on and on about that. But in reality, they don't actually square them up. They they have different expectations for a mobile device, and that also influences um, how they cover it. It's like I'll give you an example. Um, before we go too far into this, I think the way the tech media Handles the update situation around Android is an embarrassment of integrity. It is absolutely embarrassing how poor they hold Google's feet to the fire in any way at all. If 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 iOS or 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 any Apple device had the level of issues that an Android device has at shipping,
1: oh, they'd fry the Yeah, they'd they fall the balls in a battery. It would yeah. be
0: it would be yeah. the top story on tech meme for a month. It would be reposted to Slashdot three times a day. It would be on the top of Hacker News, and but everybody in there would be
1: – I mean, our second again, TechCrunch in particular –
0: No, how come the, – where's the articles about the fact that people who spent $600 on an HTC One three months ago, six months ago, haven't gotten a single update? Where's the articles on that? Where's the articles get, on these walking security disasters? But I mean, you do
1: get those, right? Every quarter, you get another Android or Department of Homeland Security says Android but, is risky.
0: That but the tech press just
1: totally lets it all slide. They don't ever they just reprint the government's warning. They don't hold their feet
0: to the fire. They don't. They don't. They don't. This is just apparently a total non-issue for them. And then and then it's then it is compounded by all of the slack jaws out there. Oh, just load a ROM. You can just load a ROM. Yeah, let me go tell my mom to load a ROM. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's going to work real good, right? I mean, it's so frustrating. And so that is the angle where there is a bit of um, the fanboys and the influences. Let's dig
1: into this for a second, though. Okay. So this case I'm citing in particular, Ars Technica, rather than writing their own article about – what was it, two months ago where DHS found an incredibly wide security hole in Android? Yeah, yeah. And as it's not their nature, decided to make it public knowledge because I guess it was that risky. Uh, they published the release about it, warning companies and individuals, you know, to kind of
0: well, it was sort be of aware. Like, are you talking now? There was, there was, there was, uh, there was the there was a notice went out about vulnerabilities in Android, and there was a notice that went out like something like seventy five percent of mobile malware targets Android. They released two separate.
1: So I am talking about the notice about the particular malware, not the statistics. Okay, okay. When where Homeland Security just straight came out and said there was this threat that you know companies and and individuals should address all the tech press, and I'm thinking in particular of ours and TechCrunch did, was reprint, reprint the notice. No analysis, nothing deeper than that. When their iPhone, uh, iOS's contacts were be able to be exploited by idiots who run the company called Path, that was front-page news for a week, even though all you could exploit was just simply get someone's contacts rather than a, an actual severe system-level exploit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the dichotomy, but is it your opinion that just reprinting the government notice isn't enough?
0: No, I think, I think it's more about when they're talking features and they're talking about when you're looking at the phones, it's just an element of the ecosystem that is just kind of just tucked, nobody talks about, it. it's tucked under the rug, nobody talks
1: about. it. Right, so who do you think they should be taking to task? Do you think it should be Samsung and HTC?
0: Everybody. Everybody. I mean, because they all have to work together. I mean, Samsung needs to work with Google to fix the problem. And, you know, I will I will couch this by fully acknowledging that part of the reason why they don't make a big stink about it is apparently most consumers don't notice, right? Like, if I just not. wanted to be zen about the whole thing, I, this HTC One would last me for years, right? As it, right. Without ever receiving a single update. Is there a risk of exploitation? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. But as far as average Joe consumer goes, it would serve the purpose until my next phone needed to be purchased. It's just, it doesn't need to be that way. It shouldn't so be that way.
1: What I'm seeing, in particular with Android, is the responsibility to secure the devices, if it's not a personal device, it's actually falling onto the IT departments of of companies. What's really interesting is now it's just another reason not to adopt Android. Yeah, and uh right. that's that's not super scalable it's not it's not great like right. these IT admins let's be honest nothing against them but they're mostly windows guys right
0: right and we we'll see when when this came along and users uh, you know started getting laptops yeah. uh windows nt came along and then they quickly evolved out this group policy system to try to give IT administrators a global sway to standardize security and lockdown and obviously not 100% but uh android doesn't quite have anything like that there's a few vendors like VMware and others that are working on solutions that you deploy. I guess, you know, what I go back to is it just, I guess really to me, if you're going to go Android, seems your best bet is to go unlocked. And if you can get a play, get a play edition, because then you have at least a a year or so of updates. You know, I even got burned on that. I had a play edition Nexus before it was called the play edition. It was just back when Google was selling phones, like for the first time or or the second time, actually. Um, I only, I bought my phone, I only received updates for nine months, and then uh, they switched to Android 4, and they discontinued updating my, my Nexus device. So it's not, even a, it's not even a silver bullet when you buy it from Google directly, but at least in that case, you know, you don't have the vendor bloatware, and you have at least some, some updates for a while. And I, I, I think so, I think the problem is, is you can't buy that in the store. You know, you don't go down to AT&T. Or right,
1: I'm, I'm trying to think of where you would get that. You gotta I'm go not, to play.google.com. And pay $650, or more.
0: Well, I mean, you're don't you think people should pay for what things are worth?
1: Okay, but my mom is not going to pay $650 for a phone if she goes to a Verizon, who's charging her whether she takes a subsidy or not. Yeah.
0: See, I wish people and would. Say, you I can wish have it for I wish people would. I wish people would pay full price because I think it would change everything. I think it would change the dynamics of the market. It would change these uh, a lot of the, the labor situation. I think it would change uh, the whole app stores uh, model. Uh, you know, the value on these apps would be. I think people's perspective would change. Right,
1: but but that's like when I say I wish Google would find a way to break the GPL and make Android locked down so they can force the manufacturers to maintain it and update it. It can't be done, right? It's, and that's going to fuel a lot of hate mail.
0: That's a, you just blew my mind with that. Well, you know, we sit in the pre-show, and then I'm going to get to our first sponsor. Right. We sit in the pre-show, uh, and this may be a good, a good setup for the iOS discussion, is if I said to you, iOS is locked down, and I just, blanket statement, iOS is the most locked down mobile platform. What do you interpret that to mean? What's like the most common?
1: What people seem to think is that you can't do what you want to do in terms of software.
0: Right, the app store is locked down, right? Right, right. It's a lockdown app store. You can't sideload apps, and Apple is very stingy about what they allow in. But the flip side of that is the Play Store is full of absolute junk. I, yep. I have, I have crapped up my phone with Star. I bought like a four ninety nine Star Trek app, thinking. First of all, it's a Star Trek app. It's four ninety nine. dollars 99 And
1: charging five bucks. Yeah. yeah.
0: Loaded my machine up. I got, I got pictures in my notifications and I would get sounds. I got icons on my desktop for more crapware. And the first time I didn't realize one of them was I thought it was an app I load and I just hadn't tried yet because I had never seen this happen on Android. And so I pushed it and then it installed more crap. Okay. This is all from the Play Store. So you can talk about lockdown, but if you're going to talk about, you know, the app store being the quantifiable thing that locks down a phone, then Firefox OS and Ubuntu Touch are the most locked right. down mobile operating systems ever because they don't have an app store. And the only way you can get apps on there is HTML5. Well, guess what? The iPhone has Safari. Right.
1: So and I, I, I think
0: people need to JavaScript think about
1: it. Engine. Well, what's funny is I was uh, on my Nexus 7 the other night kind of trying to see, you know, I've been using it a little more, reacclimating to it. And, you know, as I often do, I got a little bored at night and I was like, OK, let me find a game. There's nothing.
0: Oh, there's some games in this Play Store.
1: There's nothing. Nothing that isn't either already on iOS. Well, yeah. Or. I mean, first of all, the top ranking charts on the Android store are awful.
0: Dude, there's some played. Sonic games on there that are great, though.
1: I've already bought all of those months ago, of course. <laughs> yeah, we do. I buy those on every platform.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's
1: basically all I play, though. Yeah. But it's all this these shovelware freemium games
0: yeah it's really
1: the same four developers um and you know there was an article i read this week um Hmm. i think it was like google doesn't want your ios port anymore
0: good good google should you know we need some good android only i mean i know there's some i actually i feel like the i feel like the game situation on android is actually the best it's been in 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 well ever
1: Oh, okay, this is from uh, the Penny Arcade Report. Google Play doesn't want your favorite iOS game and other reasons why Android sucks for indies. What? Oh, this is a good article, actually. Hmm. I'm getting it in the chat. All right. Uh, now, to be fair, the reasons come down to Google Play's store-ranking algorithms are don't seem to favor new, newer apps where iOS is due.
0: Right. Oh, okay. I have so noticed it, that. Like the, all the recommended yeah. stuff, usually is yeah.
1: It's pure downloads rather than downloads scaled for time. Yeah. Um, there is, is scale, there is a certain number of companies, and if you look closely at the game section on Google Play, who are making the same crappy shovelware freemium games and kind of have a monopoly on the charts. Hmm. Also, and I don't know what Google could ever do about this. and it's a little unfair that Penny Arcade blames them for it. But let's see, one of the quotes, one of the great quotes of this is if you get a uh, support request from an Android user, you're best just to ignore it. Oh, wow. Because of the fragmentation issues.
0: Now, is that fair, though? I don't You feel like I feel like if if you're going to make it on Android, then you need to be prepared to support the users who buy it. So here's the
1: thing. This isn't the first one of these we've seen since the show started.
0: No, no. In fact, I almost feel like we see one every month or two.
1: Right. So they can't all be full of shit, right? It's it's just not
0: possible. Right. I mean, I, I do agree with you there. And, you know, in my experience working in, in a few projects that were actually all just web-based, um, even there we had, we had some issues with right. the, the way that uh, certain things would be accelerated and whatnot.
1: And I know I've done some commercial-facing fa- Android work, but to be honest, for the most part, most of the stuff I do on Android is company internal deployments.
0: I guess I feel like it's gotten to the point, though, where iOS... Also suffers from this issue um, because you have a lot of iPad ones and twos out there and they definitely like handle like, you know, complicated HTML five apps differently. Like they just do not. not. I mean, there's there's and there's different resolutions. I mean, there's if you only like if you only if you only chase the last three iterations of all the iOS devices, you're pretty solid. But if you want right. to actually support what's, you know, the millions that are out there, you can start getting you have to start doing some backflips to make that work, too.
1: Right, but to be fair, usually the right move on iOS is to only support the last three devices. I mean, almost nobody wants you to support older iOS versions. Yeah. I mean, right now, people are talking about 6 and 7 and dropping 5.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they that, can. Uh, they can, too. That's the thing. Right. Um. You know, the iPhone 4 is going to get iOS 7.
1: So I, I just want to kind of respond to something in chat. Uh, Axe he, W, he's basically, I'll rephrase this, um, Saying that devs shouldn't complain if they're ignoring Android, that they don't, I guess, get fair treatment from Google. The problem is, if you know, if you're a small developer and you're putting a lot of your budget into a project, your relationship with your vendor cannot be a Python script, and, that, and that's something where Google constantly fails at.
0: Yeah, you got to really underscore this point too, yeah. because the way it's set up is. It's a system that really kind of benefits the really large shops that have the the, the weight behind them, that have the sway and have the Where resources. they can just get a rep, yeah, 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 it, yeah. When it comes down to the small shop, like like maybe one guy's in charge of submitting it to the marketplace, it it is really like. It's one of the reasons I've had I've had issues with their uh, app side uh, too. Is the support is not great? They're not. They're not. That is definitely their weakest area. There.
1: Well, I was a big Google Checkout user. For a while and I had to stop using it because those changed the Google Wallet. They seem to no longer be allowing corporations to use Google Checkout.
0: But on the flip side, don't you have the same problem on the iOS App Store? And on the Microsoft uh, Marketplace?
1: So, to where Microsoft, no. You can you can get someone to talk to you. Oh. Pretty easily, actually. Imagine that. Yeah. but On uh,
0: iOS, right? Isn't that kind of like a black box sometimes?
1: I, they will talk to you, but they will talk to you not when you call them. They'll call you back and they'll never write they will never communicate in writing.
0: Oh, really? They do it all by the phone, huh?
1: It's all plausible than I have. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> and you, you really don't get firm answers. Like I had a situation about mm, three months ago with a client. There was some question about what constitutes a proper in-app purchase. And I, I thought I was part of some uh, like Deep Throat style conspiracy here. Like I was like, well, see, I can't really say you understand, but that might be okay, but I can't promise it.
0: Like well, like they're paranoid about setting precedent or something.
1: Right, they don't want to tell they don't want to give you a firm answer. And to be fair, given the way they get so much crap in the press, it's not inconceivable to think that someone could record the phone call and like send it to
0: technology. Oh,
1: ab- uh, yeah, Right. So I understand why you know straight answers and communications and writing don't exist.
0: If they would just make the rules more clear and more Public, they wouldn't have well, this they problem.
1: don't want the rules to be clear because they want discretion to <laughs> just, just exactly do that.
0: To yeah. have to, well, to play favorites, well,
1: not, and
0: they want discretion to play favorites,
1: right? Just to bend so the
0: rules it. for the New York Times or to bend right. the rules for whoever,
1: right? I mean, you that's, know, it's funny as a contractor because I have all different kinds of clients, and a lot of them have no relationship with Apple at all, and it's just the normal mass washes your Apple take two weeks to get approved, yeah, right. And I have a few who have very good relations with Apple. And that's a very different ballgame.
0: Right. They're in, right? I mean, they're they're like somebody's got them starred as a VIP in their inbox.
1: Well, they have a rep. (laughs) I I really can't stress how important having a rep is. Yeah. Uh, To be fair, I don't have a rep, right? I have.
0: You don't get to pick? They just decide when you've earned a rep?
1: Well, no. It seems to go by... If you're prestigious, if your company is, you know, for instance, the New Yorker probably has a rep, right? Yeah.
0: Um, All right, Mr. Dominic. Well, before we get into our main topic, um, which uh, I know we're getting to, we're actually building to right now. We're about to slip right into it, actually, as the word word. I want to just take a moment and thank our first sponsor because... These guys are actually some of the people trying to change up some of the things that I have big problems with, and that is Ting.com. Ting is mobile that makes sense. My mobile service provider since the beginning of the year And I'm really happy because Ting is a couple of things up front that sort of change the entire customer mobile service provider dynamic. Number one, no contracts and no early termination fees. So you buy these phones, you're not tied into a contract, you're not locked down. That is fantastic. Also, Ting allows you to bring your own device. And if you go to coderadio.ting.com, you'll save $25 off your first device. And as we talk about these things today, I think we need to be more aware of how important this mobile services, what what's which honestly, what started back in the 90s as a way for me to text my girlfriend back when SMS was brand new, uh, has now developed into a critical communications tool for my business, for my personal life, and, and staying in touch with my family when I'm out on the road, things like that, that really have sort of transformed something that was originally I did not take very seriously into now that's something that's just absolutely critical to me. And the problem with this is a lot of these companies are doing it wrong. I think we all know the big names out there and we all know the mistakes they constantly make. And Ting is shaking up the industry here and they are shifting the balance of power back to the mobile user. And now, here's one of the things they've done recently, because Ting has a lot of great devices that you can grab out of contract, and you don't have to worry about being locked into anything. And all of these devices include hotspot or tethering. There's no hidden line items. You can have unlimited devices on one account with pooled minutes. And if you don't use the device that month, no big deal, because with Ting, you only pay for what you use. And what that means is, I have a, if I have a CR Overdrive Pro sitting in my drawer, I don't have gadget guilt. I don't have gadget guilt, because if I don't use it that month, I'm not paying a bunch of money. I'm just paying for the $6 for the line, Bob's your uncle. But look, it just got better. And it's just in time for the holidays, friends. Ting is going to help you get out of that contract. If you're in one of those mobile service providers who doesn't do transparent posts on their blog about their business and how they work, who doesn't have hangouts with their customers so that way they can ask questions directly to the executives, does your mobile service provider do hangouts? Because mine does. And that's really cool. If you want to get out of one of those old school telcos who's been around really since the 1800s in one iteration or another, go to Kota Radio. Dot ting.com. And while you're over there, go to slash ETF. They have an early termination relief program now. They're going to help you soften the blow on that early termination. They'll pay up to $75 of your early termination per device. And it's super easy. All you have to do, you pick your Ting device. You go port your number over on Ting, which is all done through the web interface. Very easy to use. Nice UI, clean, and super fast. And then you submit your claim. You submit your your ETF claim. And Ting will go 25%, boom, they're going to take 25% off that ETF. That's 75 bucks. Pow, we'll just knock that right off, help you move over. When you look at the Ting Savings Calculator, they have this how much would you save, right? When you go to coderadio.ting.com, you click that link, put your bill in there, say how many lines you have, or maybe how many lines you want. Maybe you need to add another line. I mean, when you're only paying for what you use, because Ting's just going to take your minutes, your text messages, and your megabytes, and they're just going to add them up at the end of the month in whatever bucket you fall into. That's all you're going to have to pay. You're going to be blown away at the savings when you go use that savings calculator. But then when you consider the fact we're going to take $25 off your first device or $25 off your first month if you bring a device, and they're going to help you get out of your early termination contract. Wow. Now we're really starting to talk about an amazing deal with an amazing mobile provider. So go to coderadio.ting.com, Go check them out. They are fixing some of these major problems out there. Love these guys. So thanks to Ting for sponsoring the Coda Radio program. Okay, Mr. Dominic, can we start before we get back into the iOS stuff? Because I feel like maybe we're wearing people out a little bit. So can we just like uh, take a little refresher and maybe talk about just the device briefly? I just wanted to get your opinion on we have a new iPhone. Uh, I don't really have anything to say about the C, but we have a new iPhone S. It's got a fingerprint reader. It's got this motion chip in it, and it's got this new A7 processor that's 64 bits. What say you?
1: So it's funny. My initial reaction was, huh? So I thought the big thing was going to be that the C was going to be the big product, where it was going to be maybe 400 or $300 off contract. Right. And that would be their market share play. They obviously have decided not to do that. Right. So I was kind of disappointed at first because I expected something more. And then the emails started flooding in because there was something very basic in Tim Cook's very boring presentation <laughs> that I missed.
0: I did not watch it.
1: I watched it, uh, I saw it live-streamed, and I saw parts of it, it was... So, what it, so
0: you had clients that picked up
1: on something that they... Right, the emails of flying in, 64 bits.
0: Well, see, now, okay, well, I know I'm not this guy, I don't mean to be this guy, but my understanding is the ARM processor does not suffer from the same limitation that this, the x86 processor does. The ARM processor 32 bits can actually like address like a terabyte of memory, if I am correct. So what's the what's the big gain to going sixty four bit?
1: The big gain is right now nothing, right? <laughs> okay, <laughs> gotta get one. <laughs> so, well, well, let, well. Let's be fair. If you think about the PC, and I there was another show that went into this, and I forgot the name of the show, but during the uh, thirty two to sixty four bit on PCs, the real overnight advantages were not because of the bits; it was because they got to rewrite the crappy instruction set um, with what they know now, right? Ah. So the original ARM specification was not really designed for these, what I would argue, are more computer than phone now, right? What I would say are, in fact, your personal computer. Now, Apple doesn't tell you how exactly, what they did. It seems like if their claims are to be believed, they've probably optimized some of the instructions that weren't quite there. Right? Yeah. Now, that's all very boring, very low-level, and since Apple's never going to tell you, it could even be false, right? The whole twice-as-fast thing that they kind of said could all just be marketing speak. At the end of the day, though, what it's going to come down to is uh, iPads, but more memory, and not in this year, not next year, but in three to four years.
0: Yeah, I was thinking this is a bigger, thing, bigger deal for the iPad. But
1: yeah, this is not a... Unless you're, I mean, there are a few exceptions, right? I mean, obviously, they brought out the Infinity Blade guys and, you know, really high-end games on Mm -hmm. the iPhone 5S, of course, and on the next iPad, of course. But unless you're, for everybody else, this isn't going to mean much right now.
0: I think, you know, I think the most interesting thing that's happening now with Apple and the iPhone isn't, you know, what they do with the colors, isn't what they do with the design or the fact that the background now has parallax. I think what is interesting is you have one company who is making their own chip based on the arm yep. design reference. Uh, but yeah. um, I, I find that to be a huge, huge advantage. I mean, I, I, I got to imagine now Samsung gets close, right? But they right. don't, they don't own all of the bits like Apple does uh, top to bottom. And, um, you so my
1: crazy conspiracy theory is that this is step one in a five-step plan where step five is max start running Apple's own arm chips.
0: Oh man. I, I hope not. <laughs> I mean I want x86 on my desktop and I'm cool with arm and my mobile device and and never should the two meet because I just feel like I'm never going to be the guy that can use that I guess that's when I'll retire I, I now here's what well, I'm wondering is does 64 yeah. bits give you um, better photo because one of the things I've I, I picked out uh, from the specs is like when you're taking photos the a7 chip in real time is analyzing them and combining them like in the chip at the chip level so okay, okay. is that sixty so four bit goodness happening there because you're able to do more, you know, graphics crunching or uh what? I mean what? what? otherwise, I mean, why are they even listening as a feature? Why not just slip uh, it in okay, there?
1: Okay, so here, here's the thing you have to understand with these. Whenever Apple goes into tech specs, they're kind of magical,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. And and silly.
1: <laughs> I would not draw a direct correlation between it being a sixty four bit architecture and better pictures. If you want to talk about better pictures, we could talk about the flash and frank i'm not i'm not really a photography guy so
0: mm. see that's I, one of the most important features on the camera or for me
1: on the phone for, of course yeah and and that's why i'm i'm very cautious in saying that it is going to be so much faster i in a lot of ways i think the 5s is probably the most significant upgrade they've ever done to this device and to the whole ios family when the ipad surely gets the same processor in a month right However, I don't think it's going to be one of those things that we see immediately, again, with those few exceptions of high-end games. So, the now, ch-
0: I want to point out, I want to just, right. maybe I'll just mention, this, because I'm sure some podcast listeners are thinking this too. So my comment about Samsung not owning the whole stack is, I'm talking one of the most important components is, is Android here. Samsung can bolt onto Android, and we all hate it. We all hate it. It is a bastardization of the operating system. As an open-source advocate... It hurts me what, what Samsung does to Android. As a consumer, it frustrates me what Android does to Samsung. As an IT person, it insults me what Samsung does to Android. So I, in, my, in my mind, Samsung does not own the entire stack. Yes, Samsung makes some chips, and Samsung buys a license of Android so they can put the Google stuff in it. And right. Samsung brings the two things together, and they do a pretty great job at it. But they do not they do not own it top to bottom. And I, I, I think... I don't, think, I don't think people acknowledge what you get here is, as a result, we directly have this updates problem solved. We have the ability to really lean on carriers, so there's not carrier crap loaded on every iPhone device, right? If Sam, and this is, let's be honest, why is Samsung starting up their own dev conference that doesn't include Google? Why is Samsung creating their own mobile operating system? There's a reason why Samsung is working on these things. Leverage. Yeah.
1: Right. I just want to address something in the chat because I know it's going to be emailed a lot. Uh, Shane is absolutely right that 64 bits, at this most basic level, just refers to the amount of memory that the device can access. But my my major point in what I'm saying is that if we remember the way it happened at the PC world, that you know the processor makers got to rewrite the instruction set and fix some of the mistakes they'd made in the past because they were a little short sighted. That's where a lot of your performance increases came from. Seems like that's what's happening here. But again, with all this, you know, Chris, this is why talking about the more spec side of the Apple devices is very hard because they never tell you exactly what they did.
0: Right. You got to wait for the people to tear it down. And
1: And my my argument is that if we're to be believed that there's such a big performance increase, let's just say that's true, right? Let's just assume it. To me, it's far more likely that the only relationship between that and 64-bit uh, than it just being 64-bit is that they got to go back and fix some dumb mistakes they made in the 32-bit version in the instruction set.
0: And also Apple builds, you know, the way they've done this so far is, so the A5 chip rolls out and the A6 chip rolls out in the current phone. Now the A7 chip's going to roll out. And then next year the iPod Touches get it and the Apple TV gets it. And this year the Apple TV is going to get the A6 chip, right? So Apple will build a chip today for use that is going to—I mean—they continue to manufacture for three right. to four years in their older devices.
1: And we're we're going to see in in probably a month if all these claims about speed are true, or is it simply that yes, it can address more? Have memory. you
0: have you tried building anything from Xcode for sixty-four bit?
1: So I couldn't at the time because I needed to do a submission. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So there's a beta version of Xcode.
0: I'm curious to just see what the workflow is that for de- for developers.
1: I imagine it's a drop down. Uh, you're you know, going to we have, have the, to
0: submit a separate build just for the iPhone 5S?
1: No, right? So right now, no one is probably going to be doing 64-bit. Yeah. Because your 32-bit will, of course, run on your 64-bit system.
0: Right, and they're going to run 32 the bit apps.
1: Right. This is why this isn't going to be a thing, really, for a few months for most people.
0: So then they have nothing. I mean, if they're listing 64-bit as one of the major features on their page...
1: Well, it's, a, it's the same thing, you know, someone buys a, a laptop with 16 gigs of RAM, they're not actually using 16 gigs of RAM, right?
0: Uh, let me tell you, I am currently using, uh, I'm only using, I'm only using 5 gigs of RAM right, right. now. Right,
1: I was going to say, you might even be one <laughs> of the exceptions. I'm
0: only using 5. <laughs>
1: right. Speaking of um, unwise purchases, I have a confession, Father.
0: Oh, I know what you're about to say. Hold it right there. I want to just get our second sponsor all taken care of because this is going to be a great little – we're going to have some fun with this one. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is a great deal, and I want to mention it right now. Go to GoDaddy.com and use the code CODER199 when you're checking out. You're going to get a .com for $1.99. Listen, we've got a link in the show notes that just pre-charges your shopping session. If you can't remember, coder 199 but you should. If you can't remember that, you need more coffee. Listen, Coder199, com. you guys, is absolutely incredible. And GoDaddy is rolling out a bunch of new products to make people who work in groups and small businesses have even more efficient workflows when using GoDaddy. That's really about to get kicked up, if you will, to another notch. But when I think of a .com, uh, Mr. Dominic, do you remember how much you paid for the very first .com you ever bought? I think my... Way too much. Yeah, I think my yeah. mine my, my personal one was... I mean, it was, I can't remember, it was definitely, I remember, like, final price checkout, everything was, like, over $300, but I have, a, I've had clients who have very short domains um, that, um, you know, have spent, spent thousands of dollars, so, now, here we are in 2013, you can get a dot .com for $1.99, oh. and additional years, just $9.99 after that, that's a really good deal, too, even if it was just nine ninety-nine, <laughs> it just blows my mind, so go over to godaddy.com, or use the uh, link in our show notes, use the code CODER199 when you check out, and it uh, helps keep us on the air when you use our sponsors, and if you got anything, Anything you need a .com to forward to your Google Plus page? Get it. You want a you want a better URL for your Facebook page? Whatever it is, I don't care. I'm not gonna judge. I'm not gonna judge. Just go kick it up a notch. Get a fire in your belly and go get a .com for a dollar ninety nine with Coder one ninety nine. Thanks to GoDaddy, the world's number one domain name registrar and longtime supporters of the Coder Radio program. Okay, so what did you end up? What did you end up purchasing? Okay, so confession time, Mr. Dominic.
1: Okay, so. It's not my fault. I had no choice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I did what I had to do. So you know how I've been like buying cheapo systems or relatively low powered Macs because I was waiting for the MacBook Pro. Yeah, sure. And then I got sandbagged by a trash can. Right. So I kind of have been in a holding pattern. And have you heard of SSDs, Chris? I
0: have, I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of those.
1: So am I. So I was sitting on my my main Mac compiling a large Mac project and it took a while. And you know, everything was pretty slow. It's an older lower powered Mac mini.
0: Spinning hard drive or SSD in that.
1: Spinning 5400 to oh, so oh, really bad, right. So That's people people
0: don't know how bad that is if I mean that's that's yeah. that's like bad.
1: If you're used if you've got used to an SSD at all
0: it's, it's like going back to a horse and buggy.
1: <laughs> it's it's like, awful.
0: It's just so slow. I you could be, you could might as well have a Pentium like four in that thing. <laughs> you have CPU starvation.
1: So I ended up configuring a Mac Mini with an SSD. It's negative in the freedom which I then dimension. Oh. He's a jackass. So there's two strange things here. One, they do not carry those in the store, hmm. which seems idiotic, but like you would think they'd carry at least one of every configuration. I mean, you,
0: so you just need a rig to run Xcode, right? A mini's probably a good po- a good choice. The only problem is they haven't updated it in like a year.
1: That's why I didn't want to do it. Yeah. I I'm, mean, I'm thinking the Mini would be up by the summer, right? By next summer.
0: Probably October.
1: Don't <laughs> tell me that. Don't, don't say things like that.
0: Yeah, there's probably going to be a new iMac in October, too, I would imagine.
1: See, I'm not an iMac fan because I've I've had one years ago, and the it got some kind of uh, shadowing on the screen. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, I got that same one. And in that's the like studio.
1: a twenty, yeah, that's a twenty seven inch yep. thing, uh, twenty seven panel.
0: They thing. actually eventually like rolled out like a repair program, but I missed the window on that. And
1: yeah. well, even just carrying that thing to, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, so have you gotten it yet?
1: No. So this is what's weirder. Uh, I don't know if you've ever ordered an Apple Pro. Uh, Product to your house and had the FedEx guy not knock on the door and be a dick and just say you missed the delivery.
0: Yeah, when I got the iPad, that happened.
1: Yeah. So I actually said, all right, I'll pick it up at Freehold, thinking, which is my local, most local, I should say, Apple store. It's about an hour away. I'm thinking, all right, so maybe I'll pick it up next week. I did not know that they still won't have it till the 25th. Apparently, it takes longer for them to get it to the store than to he, to to, the, to your house.
0: That's weird. Maybe they have to do it in like a separate shipment or something.
1: It is weird. So I was kind of going to call the store and be like, hey, do you have one in stock? We could just rectify the order. Uh, so I feel pretty bad about this. Oh, really? Well, because there's the whole, you know they're going to update it soon. Oh, yeah, yeah and that's
0: always the problem i mean that's the problem with phones that's the problem with computers you know i've gotten to the point now where i almost i mean i don't know i I I shouldn't say that because i do know what you mean um like uh i need oh you know what in fact system 76 is supposed to have a new computer out today i need i need a i need a new rig to do my coding because i'm doing it all on my laptop and the and that's it's it's performance wise this bonobo has been fine but i've literally killed three laptops in a row
1: that's the problem i keep cheaping out and i'm because machines are not usable when I'm done with them.
0: Yeah, I mean, because they right. run so hot for so long that they that just... Was
1: starting, that was, so the reason I did it now is I'm, I've am i been using a MacBook Air in the meantime, and it just started overheating and kernel panicking on me.
0: Well, see, isn't the Mac Mini going to overheat on you too? Because it's such a small, tight, enclosed machine. So this is why I wanted a tower. Right. Because it's, yes. the ventilation is so, so much superior. And I can also replace fans and stuff like that.
1: So I don't... I mean, what option did I have? There is no tower.
0: Oh, yeah, on the Mac side. Yeah, yeah, right.
1: yeah. That's kind of why I ended up at the Mini.
0: Right. Yeah, well, that is a problem. And, well, I guess the the Mac Pro, the trash can, is supposed to have a good cooling solution, but do you want to pay $4,000 for, machi- for a machine that really, you know, it's right. a $1,000 job? Because, really, you just need, you don't need a metal enclosure. You just need raw CPU. Well,
1: listen, I, okay, so I just pulled up the receipt. So, I, oh, well, let, let's don't... read some specs. It's a 2.3 quad core Intel uh, i7, 8 gigs of RAM. This is the mini here? This is the mini. Okay. 256 256 uh, gig SSD.
0: Oh, okay, nice. How now much how much was that? Do you remember how much that SSD was alone cuz they charge so much for those SSDs?
1: It was like $300. <laughs> I was like, "Uh, you guys are dicks. And I looked I looked up if I could install it myself and then I saw the the effort that goes into that and I was like, "No.
0: Yeah, that's the thing is you gotta you gotta crack this little tiny thing open with like a painter's thing. I've I've upgraded the uh, memory in one of these things before for a client, and I had to get a paint scraper
1: <laughs> and yep. jam it in there. So I've done the memory, the memory, and I w- I probably will bump this to sixteen gigs. Yeah,
0: and these ones the thing just yeah. screws off on the bottom.
1: You just twist it. Yeah, so that's it a little, that's a little yeah. easier. Yeah. So that ran me, let's see, one 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 thousand one hundred ninety nine. But of course, Apple, being the good government citizen that they are, charged me sales tax online, which is great. Uh, bringing the total up to twelve hundred, 1200, basically twelve eighty. So
0: this is a this is a this is a mid-range i7. Right. Here's the problem. Here's why you're going to have remorse is ha- they're going to roll out Haswell, and Haswell is a lot better on temperature.
1: Is it? it see what I've read. The reason I went no, ahead and did it that's is what I've been told on battery.
0: Well, but you're right. better on battery because you use less power, and if you use less power, you produce less heat.
1: I hope that's not true. And to be fair, my current mini, the only problem with it is that. It's old, and uh, it has the spinning disk, which is incredibly slow to compile large projects. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's no good. And, and
1: that's really what it, it really comes down to: IO blocking. It was I the think, whole problem.
0: You know, it, you know, the Haswell chip. Other than the temperature thing, is probably not. Gonna, it's probably you probably wouldn't even notice a performance difference.
1: But I, I, I'm betting I won't. And just the. You
0: cannot be the only developer using Xcode facing this dilemma though. this is probably one that almost everyone's facing,
1: and so you- what I've yeah, so I, I kind of discussed this with some Mac and iOS developers that I know locally, and they're all there seems to be an acceptance of that your Mac dev machines are now going to be virtually disposable, so once a year you're just going to be buying a new one. And Which you're either even, a
0: Mac Pro dev or video guy, or e- I think they see the iMac as the perfect development machine, right? And the mini uh, is sort of like uh, appeasing to people like you.
1: <laughs> I Listen, I would get the iMac, but lugging that thing to freehold when when the screen goes is is not something I'm doing again. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but the iMac specs aren't that much higher if you really want to go into it.
0: No, I totally agree with you.
1: I mean, what's the difference? Okay, if you've the already screen, got a
0: screen and stuff, yeah, totally. Yeah. No, I'm just saying I think maybe you're right. Maybe they just see they have different categories and people just fill yearly. Like, I don't know. I don't know what – see, their whole, whole business and makes me nervous because they just seem to give two craps about, about the uh, desktop remarkable. machines.
1: And one of the other things I do at my workstation is obviously I'm used to running Windows VMs and Ubuntu VM, right? So it needs to be a pretty significant machine. Um, and maybe that's something I can't do anymore.
0: You know, I've just but gone dedicated hardware in a lot of
1: cases. I might. I mean, I have... At home, I have my dedicated Dell, which is fine, but... I mean, I really don't want to have my whole tool chain be, like, three different machines or I hear four you. different machines. I hear that's, you. That's a big cost, too.
0: It has crossed my mind uh, that when the, when the new Mac Pros, uh, the, the trash cans sell, that <clears throat> it's a good chance the old Tower Pros will go on sale, maybe, like, on used sites or something, right. and... I think about maybe just picking up a couple and like um, using those instead of Hackintoshes if they if they come out super cheap.
1: I think that would make sense for you, yeah. Yeah, but it's weird. I'm in this position now, and 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 to be fair, you know, a developer. Okay, so a thousand dollars a year isn't bad, right? You can easily swallow that. But it's just such a weird idea. If I'm used to keeping PCs for like three years, then now it's going to be a disposable kind of thing.
0: Well, I'd like like to hear what people out there think because here's my other – my other thought is maybe their thought process is computers are fast enough now that people don't need to update every few years. So we don't need to update it several times a year. No,
1: I know what their thought process is for developers. I don't think I can talk about it yet though. Mm. They have a different solution that's interesting.
0: Hmm. Like a program kind of thing?
1: No, it – we can talk about it privately. It's weird. Okay. All right. Well, does, should we... Chris Chris Fisher is good in NDA with Apple. Right, Chris? Yeah,
0: yeah. Should uh, we... Uh, speaking of NDAs, so iOS 7 has been under NDA, and um, you got to wonder if maybe that's because people are going to react very strongly. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about it?
1: So the, the reactions to iOS 7 have been fairly negative, even from the Apple defense force, right? <laughs>
0: the Apple defense force, yep.
1: It's been fairly, and now they've kind of gone back. and And to be fair, Apple has changed a number of things from from WWDC. I actually like iOS seven now. Now that they have <gasps> changed the future. But things.
0: don't you understand? We're supposed to hate everything Apple does. Remember, and also remember, well, it, it, it addresses
1: a lot of my things about iOS dimension. from six and.
0: 5. Oh, really? Yeah. Even though it's negative in the freedom dimension. What are those? Dude, what, what, dude, what you I,
1: I'm like the Beelzebub of the freedom dimension hell. I'm like, <clears throat> I love it.
0: Did we finish up all the, before we get into that, did we finish up all the stuff you want to say on the iPhone 5S as far as like fingerprint?
1: Oh, we didn't talk about the fingerprint at all. Uh, what do you think? So, so I've seen a lot of super nerdy people taping their glasses together on Hacker News and saying, ooh, that's not super secure. There's an obvious exploit. Yes, it will be exploited. But for the 50% of us who don't have a password at all, Something will be better than nothing.
0: That's a good point.
1: And then I've heard the uh, oh, they don't give devs access to it because they'd have to be crazy, <laughs> right? I mean, this is the one case where I'm like, yeah, okay, that makes a lot of sense actually. Because
0: you, I guess, though, I guess from what I grokked, because I was trying to read up on this for TechSnap, an email that came in um, is that uh, it's actually more like a token based system where the authenticate the authentication. Yeah, is done directly to the CPU from the touch ID, and then the CPU provides a yes-no signal to the OS. So it's just the OS never gets the fingerprint, never even sees the hash, it the just gets the yes-no. All the hashing is done on chip and everything
1: yeah, like that. Yeah, the data is never in user space is how it seems to work,
0: right? And this is a great example of owning the iOS, the chip technology, and all of that there, right? Because, I mean, look at look at the way they're able to implement an authentication solution in OS by yeah. doing that authentication in chip. That's pretty interesting.
1: And I understand, like, once they figure out how to root this device or jailbreak it, yes, if someone gets your phone, they could theoretically get this, right? I I have doubts if that's gonna be possible.
0: It's also been announced during the biggest, you know, paranoia ever in the US around the whole NSA spy and everybody oh it's a walking NSA fingerprint collection machine.
1: So if you've ever done any teaching or been in the military or been arrested or got anything a, like
0: that. Got a passport, or in some states got a driver's government license. government
1: work, right. in some states a driver's license, you, they already have your fingerprints. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, and, and also, I don't think Apple or any other large company would outright lie about where they're storing the information.
0: Probably not, since they're a publicly held company. Right,
1: and that it. would be a violation of SEC, blah, blah, blah.
0: So- um, I think you're probably right. I think you know the the real solution is probably you're going to be able to turn on fingerprint and a passcode for the real paranoid, well, so right?
1: It, so this isn't for people who are using passcodes in my mind, right? The people who are smart and are using long passcodes and are willing to take that inconvenience are better than me. It seems
0: like me. the most convenient way, as Heaven's Revenge says in the chat room, the most convenient way to add a another layer of security without la- adding exactly. a layer of complexity. So for some people, they're going to just use only the fingerprint, and that's better than no password. And then for some people, they'll use the fingerprint and the passcode in combination, right? So that's right. even better. So if, for me, it seems like as long as you're not too afraid about the NSA, it doesn't seem like that bad of a and, – and obviously Apple thinks it works well enough to allow you to buy stuff on iTunes. So that's, that, that's an indicator that they think it's going to be reliable enough.
1: If it works reliably, I don't know how this could be a bad thing. And I know hating on Apple is the popular thing to do, but making people even marginally more secure, in my mind, is always a good idea. All right,
0: well, let's go more outside the box and talk about iOS 7. So, <laughs> yeah, I've been, so uh, I grabbed it at PAX, not to preempt, but I just want to establish, oh, I know you've been messing with it for a while, but yeah, I've, only, yeah. I've had two weeks with it. I, I, have, uh, I went to PAX and somebody there had iOS 7, and so I played with it for a few hours, decided to take an iPhone 5 that we have that was not really being used. It was running like an older version of iOS 6. And I put iOS 7 on here just to do some testing with our apps and the live stream and things like that after I played with it at Pax, and I've had it on here for about a week now, and I actually had a problem getting on there. It almost bricked the phone. I was like, "Oh jeez, but um so've I've, I've been probably using it heavily I, I've used it as my phone for uh since Friday and uh, I'm curious to hear what you think about it because I'll tell you my initial reaction to the visual look was not positive. <laughs>
1: Mine was not either. <laughs> okay. I had to take do a double take because I, I thought I might have actually picked up someone's Fisher-Price toy.
0: I've never seen a launch bar at the bottom of the screen that takes up that much. It's almost like they extended the iPhone 5 just so they could have a ridiculously large dock at the bottom of the screen.
1: There are, there are some questionable choices in the UI for sure.
0: <clears throat> but I hear like that, that felt like a big butt.
1: No, there's not a but. It, it kind of... Looks bad. Okay, all right. Um, what, what's What's interesting is that it makes all app icons that were realistic look terrible, and they seem to have changed the, um, the size of the icons as well.
0: Yes, yeah, they do seem a little different right. size, yeah.
1: So, from a developer perspective, iOS 7, just on the public information alone, is incredibly disruptive.
0: I, I think you know after that initial shock on the icons um right. they actually to me feel um a, a little more easily recognizable because i'm i'm one of the person that i'm more of a glancer where i just right. kind of I, I glance down and like the camera icon uh, that actually like that oh that that's the camera right there it's nice and bold it's easy to see the photos icon i i could never find on the old ios screen ever now photos jumps out at me same with the app store actually and the settings they all are actually for the way my brain visually processes information, are easier for me to spot. I don't like the way they necessarily look, but I definitely am able to recognize a lot faster what they are. And that is, in a way, a nice improvement for me.
1: They they certainly don't look bad. Eh, Well, they do. (laughs) Yeah, they They don't look great. I mean, I would say the Safari icon in particular, but that's not...
0: Have you gone into Newsstand? Do you have an iOS device with you right now?
1: I have a phone, but I don't have any newsstand stuff on there. Just have
0: you gone in there? Have you looked at that? No, I haven't. That it, it, it I cannot believe Apple shipped a UI that looks like that. I mean Open it's test. it's really something. Now, that said, there are some things I really like about this. Um the uh the uh the new gestures are work. I thought they wouldn't. You know, the swipe up to get to like my right. Wi-Fi and my play controls. Um, unless unless you're in an old app that has the old keyboard, then it doesn't work. But the fact that like there's a lot of little things like I can turn that on and off at the lock screen is it's really nice. The new uh, drop down for the alerts and stuff and the calendar and it's really well done. Looks really good.
1: So so that's the thing. I feel like they took a lot of the functional aspects from Android that they needed. Yeah. And just straight took them and made them look like Fisher Price had made it.
0: You know what? Exactly. They took a lot yeah. of the things that when I switched to Android initially was like, oh yeah, that's so nice. And now uh, they've put them in here with a with a candy coating yeah um, but everything everything feels really fast and um, even like applications feel like they load faster the camera, feels like it takes pictures. I think it does take pictures faster. It I mean, it's like I expected this to be a major downgrade in performance in battery life because of all of the candy coating, all of the transparency. Right, right. Like when you get a few layers into this thing, sometimes you got two or three levels of transparency going with the background parallaxing. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know how they're doing it. But the battery life seems to be pretty solid too. Um and like like a, there's other things they've changed in the UI like pull down to search on any screen now. Way nice. Uh the search function is better. Siri is better. I like the UI to Siri better, too. Um, I, and, it, and it does more stuff. Like, uh, I can do, like, a... Siri, change my screen brightness to half. Yeah, and I think, uh, yeah. And, oh, sorry. Siri, change my screen brightness. I did it earlier. Oh, yeah. So there it goes. And then it changes it. Uh, and it brings up a little sliders so you can manually do it. There's a lot of new little features in there that are that are pretty great. So I'm curious from your standpoint, from like a development standpoint, are you happy? Are you mad? Are you worried?
1: Okay. So here's the discussion that seems to be happening. And this is obviously all based on public data, not NDA stuff. Is that, I'm, okay. Sorry, someone just pinged me. iOS 7 is forcing a lot of people to make decisions that they didn't want to make. For instance, your iOS six app almost definitely looks like crap mm-hmm. on iOS seven.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not so bad though. Honestly, like I'm thinking, it, like the Audible app because it goes it, full screen, so you don't see oh, the other iOS is, stuff.
1: It, it's it's pretty bad. It's though. noticeable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, depend if you were into your own skeuomorphic design and were heavily designed, it's pretty bad. You're screwed. Uh, in terms of The other side, right? So if you go full hog seven, and I'm just talking about UX here, you may look a little out of place. Now, for me, I tend not to encourage people to do these ridiculous skinned UIs because, A, usually they're skinning them with bitmap images, right? Which all they do is bloat the app. And, you know, every time these statistics are done, the larger your app, the more likely you are to be deleted by the user. So I'm always encouraging people, find a way to just live with something close to the native UIs, right? Obviously brand it, but you know, you, you don't need to put leather-bound stitching on everything.
0: I guess I feel like the UI is sort of taking a lot of cues from Windows Phone.
1: That's what I was going to get at. It reminds me of that Metro idea where you can have your branding, you can have your colors, you're not going to skin RUI. I
0: I guess it feels, but I don't know about that. Like it leaves a little room for uniqueness though. It's not quite as hardcore as just absolutely flat black color, white text. It's like, uh, uh, I don't know if you've gotten the new reader app that's been designed for iOS 7. There's there's very subtle textures in different spots, but it's done in a way to sort of uh, help you navigate. But so it's not just totally, but it's done really, really well. So there is a way to sort of, sort of give the app's design over to the overarching look of the OS, but still retain a little bit of individuality. And not, not like it is, whereas on Windows Phone, I, I've seen just very stark stuff, you know?
1: So I don't want to raise the dead here, but one thing I liked about the HTC 8X and still like about it is that if you know how to use one Windows Phone app, you generally know how to use them all. Because they're all doing the same things.
0: I guess that to me feels like they're all limited.
1: They're all very boring. Yeah, exactly. Right. They're all very literally pulling data. But, but at the end of the day, that's what most apps are doing at some point, right? Pulling data from a server. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like iOS 7 is going in that direction without making the full commitment. You can still have your own UI. But it would be unwise to not have it be inspired by Apple's new palette, new visuals.
0: That's where the dirty side of Apple comes out too because the people who jump on it first will get the special treatment in the App Store. Of
1: course, yeah. The more 7 your app looks, the better off you are. Yep. Unfortunately, what's going to happen is that everybody is going to do a very basic iOS 7 implementation (laughs) and then we're going to be back just like we were at 4, right? Into this 4 through 6, into this arm race of customizing the 7 widgets to get them whatever the newt Right, the last big style was skeuomorphism. So I have no idea what the new style is going to be, but I'm sure for the next year or two.
0: Do you think now? Do you think now with Microsoft and Apple throwing in behind the sort of flat? And honestly, I feel like not to get all you know, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, hippie on this, but I kind of feel like the flat is a little more true to what it is. It's a piece of technology that's displaying me something. It shouldn't be, you know, a leather bound book. So flat's almost being more true to to the OS. Do you, think that, uh, do you think that kind of design is just... I mean, I guess we are kind of seeing it go everywhere, aren't we? I mean, we're just going to see it spread in the next year or two? you think it's just going to become like the dominant look?
1: I, I think it is, at least for a year or two. And I think it's going to be interesting because it's almost... You know, Metro's flat is really no design, right? Right. I mean, if you look at the Metro store, a lot of folks aren't using designers. And to be fair, there's just not much to do in terms of design.
0: Well, right, iOS
1: yeah. is... A, iOS has always been the most heavily designed platform. And it, I'm just really curious to see... You know, I've already seen some people where they're just taking the old UI and making the textures flat. Right, they're pulling out the textures, basically. Mm-hmm. They're just using the same colors, but flat, and that's their new UI. Which is, I, I think, a half-step.
0: I've seen also some apps that literally look like they've ported the Windows 8... Um, buttons over and one of them is actually featured right now by apple i can't remember what it was but uh it was like a photo app and it has huge blue square buttons so some people are like going really far down the windows 8 path
1: yeah i think i think that is actually going to ironically i think that style will do best on android and ios rather than windows because not everybody's going to be willing to do it and it's going to look different
0: so, do you, as a developer, as a contractor, now or are you going to just get work from clients because they want to change the look of their app? Like, does, is this just going to generate jobs for you? Is this a jobs program for Michael Dominic?
1: You know, it might be. Certainly, every time the OS is updated, there there's a, a demand for you know in track updates, right? Because obviously APIs get deprecated, things change, and you need to handle that. Yeah, I don't think. The one problem is that the people who would be most concerned about design have already known this and have already kind of looked into flattening, right? I I, I don't know if there's, you know, there hasn't been a big rush of flatten my app because a lot of business folks, they've invested a lot in their designs and they're certainly not going to stop their Mm -hmm. product roadmap to redesign it Mm -hmm. because, you know, yeah. No, I, I would be surprised if going forward any anybody shows me anything with a textured UI again.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. probably th- those designs aren't going to be submitted anymore. I mean, right. people are yeah, starting when starting from scratch. You know, so I look at it now and I think it's funny because I find myself the most out of sync with probably my audience and the general tech community that I've ever been because I've only used it for a few days, really. I mean, I've used it for a couple of weeks on and off, but really heavily in the last few days. But to me as a father of three who really needs my phone to be a phone and something quick and reliable with good battery life, I, I can see there's... Okay, so here's a few compelling features that I think Android needs to compete on that people don't really talk about very much. We talked about the press coverage. Well, here's an example. Um, FaceTime. I know it sounds ridiculous, but FaceTime is built into the operating system, and it's just, it's just in there as a button in the contact sheet. I don't have to have Skype. I don't have to have Hangouts installed. Uh, and, and the thing that's fundamental about that is no one in my family has to have any of that software. See, I can get Angela to load Skype. I can get Angela to load Hangouts, but I can't get my dad to do it. I can't get my mom to do it, right? And so the fact that if they just have an iOS device, I can just push a button and do a video call and show them the really cute thing that their grandkids are doing, that's actually a compelling feature for me. Like, I'm actually like, shit, that's great. Um, Messages. The fact that I can send somebody um, messages that is completely off the grid, that supports pictures, videos, read receipts, which is great, and supposedly is fully encrypted. That to me is a massively compelling feature, but the other thing that's great about it, and I have not used Messages a lot to appreciate this, but when you message somebody on an iPhone that has an iPhone, Messages just figures out that they have Messages and just automatically switches you over to the Messages service. That's awesome. That is, that is the exact kind of thing that, like, I don't have to have my fam I don't have to walk somebody through it over the phone. Again, that's a great feature, and I don't have to use Hangouts, right. which is the com- comparable on Android, but Hangouts is all piped through the Hangout server, and I don't like that. There's a lot of things in here, like the, extent- the, the really good battery life. That, to me, is a great feature. I think that's fantastic. AirPlay. You know, there is an app for Linux, Windows, and Mac called um, uh, Airfoil Speakers, and it lets you run a service on your computer, and then you can you can send audio from the iOS device to the computer. So last night, I'm listening to a podcast in here, and I'm like, well, I'd rather listen to this on the computer speakers. I flip up from the bottom, I click Airplay, and I'm sending the audio wirelessly to my computer and playing it through my computer's big speakers, and it sounds amazing, and it was super easy. And I know there's, there's kind of ways to do that on Google, on Android, But it was not nearly as transparent because I did it at the OS level. So all the applications took advantage of it. That is super nice. What's Nothing's doing that on Android. I think there's a lot of things in iOS 7, and I guess maybe some of these are in 6, that um, I think techies should be intellectually honest about are really good features. And it's all done with really well-done hardware, really good type package, a great screen, and fantastic battery life. So I think if you're intellectually honest with this, it is a very competitive product.
1: I, I think it is. I mean, you know, I'm focusing a little more on the developer story. But, you know, but from a consumer point, Apple's never going to make a pop product, but, it, but that doesn't put the consumer, you know, first and foremost.
0: Um, Chromecast you know, is not a comparable solution. It really is not. I have a Chromecast.
1: A what? AirPlay?
0: Yeah. A Chromecast oh, is no. great, but if I want to send OS level audio from any application to my computer, AirPlay but dominates it. And and the fact that I doesn't have to have a Chromecast, I can literally send it to a demon on my Archbox,
1: that, that's right. awesome. So so here's kind of the negative side from the dev point of view though. You know, we saw Apple during the keynote at dubdub and you know it's pretty much it's public knowledge, some of the stuff they've done, right? The gamepad support, things like that. We haven't seen it anything of that we haven't seen improved iCloud storage
0: mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I mean the you know it's nice to talk about the UI it's, it's nice to say oh well, look you know they've added some of the annoyances right you can now pause audio properly from the lock screen you know it's they yeah. didn't add airdrop widgets.
0: is a good feature right
1: right they've added some cool stuff the pain points that I see day to day as a dev on their platform you know the biggest one is iCloud for sure mm-hmm. was and if you want to add core data syncing to iCloud, I mean that is the number one issue. That hasn't been improved, or it doesn't appear to have been improved, right? And I'm not even talking about iOS seven. It's just you know iCloud is a service. iCloud is a web service, not a client side thing. So where is that, right? Um, they added, you know, they talked about game gamepad support during the keynote at DubDub. They haven't spoken about that at all.
0: Don't you think they will when they announce the new iPod Touches and iPads? That's more of an iPod Touch thing.
1: So I don't think we're going to get iPod Touches. And I don't think it's an iPad thing.
0: <laughs> Girl, you're crazy.
1: Oh, I don't think so.
0: I mean, I might agree with you on the iPad thing, but I think on the Touch thing, you're crazy. That's what oh, thats what—that's what the iPod Touch is, is a mobile gaming machine. Well,
1: I don't, I don't think we're going to get a new one this year. You're crazy. Well, maybe I'm crazy.
0: Maybe you're not. Maybe I'm maybe, not. Maybe Maybe you're not. I, w- I was just thinking polycarbonate backs with,
1: uh, right? You know, beautiful, beautiful lime green and it's yellow. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it to be awesome.
0: Okay, so I mean, you know, uh, here I am. I'm still an Android user, but I'm looking at this and I'm thinking. I feel like we've we we have some we have some catch up to do in some ways. And I'm wondering though, you know, if you look at it from but the cloud Android perspective, does. like you're saying, Google has really got them whipped.
1: But, well, no, I would say Google has. So here's the thing. It it. I almost wish they could kiss and make up, because what Google's awful at, Apple's very good at, and what Apple's terrible at, i.e., keeping any service up ever, Google is. That's what they do. Um, You know, Google's problem as a developer has more to do with policy, not implementation, right?
0: You know, isn't that an interesting perspective? Google's made a client device to strengthen. Their cloud offering. Apple has right. made a client device that, re- that, and then they've had to build a cloud offering. Right. Yeah. There's two, two different approaches to the problem.
1: But, but the other side of it is, as a developer, you can feel the business model difference when working with them, right? Android is just another platform for Google where they can aggregate data and, and you know, get internet searches, right? The iPhone is the product for Apple, it's where they make the money. It's the so business, yeah. I I almost feel like, you know, Android could have them whipped, but if they took on some of Apple's policies. Now, obviously the favoritism and stuff like that is frustrating, and I've bitched about that plenty, but there is an argument for, you know, Chris not buying a $5 Star Trek game that infects his phone with tons of malware.
0: Yeah. I mean, especially for less sophisticated consumers. I I mean, I'm, I'm embarrassed I made that mistake. I've, you know. Yeah. I should have known better. I mean, maybe I didn't read the reviews. I just got excited. I don't know what happened.
1: So I I just feel like it's strange. And I I almost feel like, and I know I'm going to get crap, I feel like Microsoft has a chance to be a dark horse here. (laughs) Please. (laughs) <laughs> oh! oh! You know what? Should we talk about that for a minute? You know, if
0: they would have bought Nokia two years ago, I would agree with you. And they should have.
1: Oh, I think it's on. No, I and think Instead of, got... You know
0: what? When they had that really adorable deal, they probably should have just sealed it completely and just purchased it. So, then they could be a player. And you know, the only reason they bought Nokia right. is because Nokia had an Android device in the R&D shop.
1: Supposedly, they had a, a Nokia 1020 or 1050, the, the new one, okay. running running Android 4.3.
0: I would absolutely buy that phone. I would absolutely buy Absolutely, buy that phone. I before, but you heard
1: about how that went down, right? So the, the the you know unnamed sources close to the situation. Apparently, Nokia just straight up said, "Yeah, well, we've been prototyping Android since our contract is ending with you."
0: Yeah, there was ending next year,
1: and Balmer slammed his face through a table of rage.
0: <laughs> yeah, that trip story was BS. That's what actually happened. Is he <laughs> did a face? <laughs>
1: nice. Just wanted to show Stephen Apple how <laughs> serious he was.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean. um, so and but also at the same time, Microsoft had a Surface Phone in the uh, R and D lab, and I and I think that underscores a huge issue. Is like that was that was a setup where neither it doesn't sound like either one of them was a hundred percent in.
1: It was kind of like a what is it like a Gossip Girl situation, right? Like a frenemy situation. I just referenced Gossip Girl.
0: <laughs> so you have Which this. I you have we got to move on. We got to move on from that. We cannot. We, we can dwell on that. We have you have this. You have you have the C player, who's. Hooking up with the guy that's on the, on the downslope and neither one of them commit 100%. So they really should have just done this buyout two years ago. I mean, let's be honest. This was The problem was, is just like everything in mobile, Microsoft was two years too late.
1: I don't think that it's, you know, I've been saying this for a long time. They're not dead yet, right? Maybe it's not just a flesh wound anymore, uh, but they're not dead yet. Because Nokia makes fantastic
0: hardware. Nokia did. Their chief designer left during the during the buyout. That's true too. Yeah, I mean, you got to figure. Right, but who do if you Nokia, think is any a player? I mean, I don't mean to harsh on anybody. Any of our people? I know we have people in the Microsoft audience, and I live in Washington State. But those people that live over there are not, those A players are not going to move over here. And what are we talking like? It's, what is it, 30 or 50,000, 30,000 new? You mean,
1: you mean the folks from Finland?
0: Yeah. And what is, and they're saying 30,000 new employees are going to come over to Microsoft as part why of. Why do they
1: need to move to Redmond, Washington to, to continue running the factories they're currently running?
0: Why does, why does Apple pay Johnny Ive millions of dollars not to move back to the UK every year? Literally Apple, every year, Johnny Ive threatens to move back to the UK. And every wait, year, if Apple, you have
1: a full team of designers, arting in Finland, why would you demand that they move to the US?
0: How are you going to act as? A, I mean, just ask Marissa Meyer. How are you going to act as a unified company who needs to catch up and execute on every single level when your teams are spread across the world like that? Really? I mean, I'm just saying it's not going to be as efficient as a tight. You're going to Yahoo
1: me. You're going you're gonna to bring out the Yahoo. Well,
0: if you're down and on the ground, and the and the ref is counted to two, and the three counts about to come up, I mean, you really got to scram, right? I mean, you've yeah, really got.
1: So that's why you do something bold and unexpected. You don't play by the rules. You you act scrappy. You you get one guy.
0: What you put a 55 megapixel camera no, in the next no, phone? No, there's what
1: you do. You get one guy, one one finished designer, right? And you just, you make him the Johnny Ives of Microsoft. Listen, Tim Cook can't tell Johnny Ives crap, right? You know what's going to happen? The board is going to interfere. Get exactly. up. I understand that. Exactly.
0: And the new CEO is going to come in just at the crucial moment and everything's going to get put on, its, on, turned on its That's side. That's
1: the thing. Microsoft needs someone who's designing these products to, for lack of a better stupid cliche, be above the law,
0: right? What they almost need is whoever is in absolute charge of this mobile product, they just need to put him as the
1: CEO. Actually, no, they need to bitch slap the office team.
0: Well, that too. Well, see, the mobile CEO could change to you could right, maybe wrangle do you it around. Want,
1: do you want this? The reason RT did badly in my mind is because the office team were little pansies. And didn't about, make office RT. And didn't port it to Metro.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean, yeah.
1: Because the office team has been a parasite on that company forever.
0: Isn't that what cured, killed the courier too because they didn't want to make the one courier,
1: They've killed any product that might marginally make more effort for them, right? They're a little, they constantly have.
0: And the irony is all of these projects would have push, pushed Office to where it needs to be today to be competitive with Google Docs and and all of those things. Now, of course, they've made Office 360. I mean, they're making strides now, but again, two, three only years when, too late. O-
1: they only ever do anything when compelled to by someone either with the title president or chief executive, only when they have no choice. You know, the Office team... And you can read any of the rumor sites, has a reputation for, no, our, our, we're, we're not doing that. And they just they just whip out their Excel sheet of how much money they make a year and, like, no. Take that courier back.
0: And Hattie, this is a culture problem. I mean, this is well, like one of those things where I just don't foresee. You know,
1: Steven Sanofsky. Yes. No. Yes. No. Scorned he, lover. A, Michael Dominic. He's a I, jerk. He's abrasive. He's mean. He I, think it's like gonna be,
0: I think it's going to be Elop, and I think that's going to be a it? train wreck. Because here's I the thing. What is Microsoft now? A devices and services company. And what is but, Elop becoming the head of as part of this merger? Head of devices and services. Right. right? And uh, Julie Larson Green, who was reporting to Balmer, is now reporting to Elop. And Elop reports to Balmer. So he is one move from Balmer and everybody else then reports to Elop. So to me, they're already building the structure, and then they're just going to pop Balmer off the top, and Elop moves into the slot so and then he continues I re-
1: yeah I did some research on Elop just for my own curiosity he he doesn't have that presence no no I mean you, you know you could say a lot about Steve Jobs and Steve Ballmer and even Bill Gates they might maybe not the nicest people on the planet right but they have a presence and they believe in what they're doing Elop kind of seems like he left Microsoft because his role was being you know minimized so he just wanted the career promotion and this is just going to be another career promotion for him. Mm-hmm. Like to his credit, Balmer is, I think that now that he's been quote retired is still as loyal to the company and as loyal to his friend, Bill than the day he joined. Right. Yeah. I see, no, no waiver at all.
0: If I'm the Microsoft board and I've obviously played it safe, my that's, this is what the Microsoft yeah. board's great at. Cause otherwise Balmer would have been out years ago. So I'm bored. I'm play it safe. I look at, I look at Elop, former Microsofty who made it up to the rank. So he knows how the company structure works. Uh, Went to Nokia for a couple of years. So he got a total uh, spin up on the mobile industry, worked with one of the bigger mobile companies out there and uh, is now in charge of devices and services, which is number one goal for Microsoft going forward. And he's been he's been the head of a company, Nokia, and they're bringing over 30,000 of those Nokia employees or so or whoever they don't lay off. To me, the board almost has to have this amazing case not to make Elop the CEO. And okay, you combine with, let's say, if it is Elop, that's a stinker. Two years too late on right. Nokia purchase. The office team is still a huge issue and really hasn't produced what they need to produce. And on top of that, there's just not good enough in the Windows platform to make people switch from Android.
1: Because so that's what you the... need
0: is you need Android users because you're not going right, to get, iPhone, gonna get users iPhone users or Blackberry no. users. Maybe Blackberry users, but you need but
1: to get – You're going to get Blackberry users. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
0: You are. But you need to get Android users. How are they going to do that? They, they got nothing on that.
1: Well, and to be fair, they're number two in Latin America right now. Windows Home. <laughs> okay. Uh, don't laugh. Hey, I'm not, la- not laughing. No, US I'm not and, minimizing. I'm just... Europe are not the only market. That's I just think that's thing. an
0: interesting market for them to actually succeed, and that's why I was laughing. Just because uh, when I think of Microsoft, I don't think of Latin America. I think no, of the I, US. I, I,
1: I think of Linux in Brazil in particular. Yeah, uh, you, you know, I feel like there's one poisonous tree at Microsoft, and it's called stack ranking. Yeah. And that's why everybody's a little conservative over there, and... Chris, do you think we should explain stack ranking or do people know it? If you've got a match?
0: good summary of it, yeah.
1: Stack ranking is at the end of every year or whatever review term you have, some companies it's six. I think Microsoft is like most companies where it's a year. You get ranked. You get your review with your manager and you get either between a one and a five. If you get a one, you're fired, basically. Um, if you get a five, almost nobody gets those. That means you're outstanding. You know, that's wonderful. Most people are in that three to four range. The problem is each division has to lose 10% of their personnel. As they call it 10% turnover. So literally, as the manager, if you have a 10-man team, I mean, this is obviously reductionist. Not every individual team has to lose 10%, but let's just go with that. You literally have to fire somebody or have them resign.
0: Or have them move to a different department, so right. then you move your B and C players to another team. Right,
1: right. <clears throat> so what that does, if you're... Just think about this. If me and Chris are leads in one team, right? And we know one of us is going to go, and we maybe we wouldn't want to go to Windows Phone because that seems bad. Whichever one of us is more conservative and doesn't rock the boat tends to stay and that's that's really the problem. And there's been tons of articles written about this uh, by people leaving Microsoft about how you know, individuals, managers compete with each other, but not in the productive way of seeing who can be more innovative in the who can just pad the bottom line the best, but short term thinking.
0: So have you now convinced yourself that Microsoft isn't got his chance?
1: Well no, new CEO, I mean okay. Chris, let's let's think about Microsoft as a sinking ship, right? You're Bill Gates, don't you think you're gonna tell this new CEO, I'm gonna leave you alone for 18 months? rubber stamp everything you do no question. No. Right? I mean you no. So they're going to you think they'll the board who's losing money or who maybe not losing money but isn't making money. They're stagnant, right? The stock is stagnant. You think they're just going to sit there and be like, "No, we're going to micromanage you."
0: I don't know if they can I, I think they will try to you know, steer things in a in a in a, in a way that a slow bureaucracy does. They'll They'll not move very fast on the things they're worried about and, you know, those
1: kinds of things. They'll, they'll. To me, what Microsoft needs is a whack job. Someone who comes in and is like, "Right, I'm the new boss, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired, you're promoted, you're fired. And just, I mean, it's going to be horrible because what I'm suggesting is a big layoff. Um, and then hire new people. Hire people that are applying to jobs as startups. Forget these ridiculous quizzes during interviews, Right. Manhole covers. You know, when I
0: look at Microsoft as a whole, this is this is not the direction they're going. They are actively fighting for the uh, for the uh, immigration reform so that way they can, when they need to hire somebody, they can do it that through that system. I don't think I think this is uh, this is what they should do. This is not what they're doing.
1: Well, they need to get rid of old thinking.
0: Not going to happen. Yeah, Google needs to ship every new version of Android out to every device that can run it within a few weeks. You know what I'm saying? These are things that are not going to happen.
1: But we may not like what Google's doing, but Google's making an ass-ton of money. Microsoft, at least in their areas where they're weak, are losing money. Yeah. And I, you know, email Paul Therault and ask him what he thinks of the Xbox division and how their balance sheet looks. Because one of the benefits of being Microsoft is you bury costs in this whole devices and services thing. You can't really tell who's doing what anymore. I'm just sad again. I know. Well, so...
0: <clears throat> I want to maybe so. Should we begin to wrap this sucker up?
1: Wrap this baby all up. Right, well, I
0: want to. I want to maybe just capture any. Since this is the official iOS seven edition of Coda Radio, any final thoughts? Any predictions? Anything? Like oh, that?
1: I mean, they're going to sell a shit ton of them.
0: You think the S will do well?
1: I think the S will do amazingly well because gold member and all those kind of people will buy that gold edition because it's gold.
0: I mean, we've talked about Android and Google and Microsoft once again, but these are—it is funny because these are all of these developers. I mean, all of these um, uh, companies are on this cadence now that uh, sort of developers have to tune themselves to in a way because you know we'll have Google I/O again next year and we'll be talking about all the new stuff on Android that affects developers.
1: And when does Google I/O happen, by the way? March.
0: uh, No, it's a little late, isn't? Well, it's before April. It's before WWDC. Uh, I won't be going. Well, I'm not sure. They don't... I mean, sometimes it changes a little bit. But it's going to be an interesting... 2014 will be an interesting year in mobile. Because I think now you've got... uh, uh, One thing about this candy coating, and I'm sure this is why they did it, is it really is a different look than Android or mobile in terms of just very bright, a lot of colors, you know? Yeah. So it's interesting. It's interesting. I wonder if... uh, I wonder if it'll be how it'll be received as the updates gets pushed out to existing users. Well, I a think big change. Uh,
1: I, I'm also curious as to you know we didn't even talk about it, but Android KitKat. They're pretty tight with that right now. You can't get any information. I'm just wondering. I wonder if iOS 7's reception is going to have any influence at all on KitKat.
0: Hmm. You think they might redo some UI stuff?
1: Oh, I hope they do.
0: Hmm. It'd be interesting to see. Can we just call it four four?
1: I don't really like Nestle. No, because I like Kit Kats. I don't,
0: Nestle? Have you looked at what Nestle has done in the developing worlds? Stop. All right, right, all, right. all right. We won't end on that. So, Mr. Dominic, where should people find you throughout the week? You
1: can find me at uh, DominicM.com.
0: Oh, like a website, huh? Well, Very yes. good. You can find uh, show notes for this episode over jupiterbroadcasting.com as well as links to our social profiles. Email us, coderadiojupiterbroadcasting.com or hit that contact link at the top of our website and choose Coda Radio in the drop-down. And you can join us live on Mondays at 9 a.m. noon Eastern over jblive.tv. All right, everyone. Well, thanks so much for tuning in this week's episode of Coda Radio. Hope you can join us live next week so you can hang out in our IRC. You even get to help name our episode, which is a lot of fun.
1: All right, Mr. Dominic, have a great week. You too. I'm opening my Kit Kat now.
0: <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning this week's episode of Coda Radio. See you right back here next week.